Hey, Leading Learning listener, if you represent a membership organization looking for ways to expand your online course catalog rapidly with high quality content, we have good news. At leadinglearning.com AMA, you can find out how to make online training from the American Management Association available to your learners. Through a partnership between AMA and Tagoras, the parent company of Leading Learning, you can give your learners access to more than 70 e-learning modules covering essential business topics ranging from leading and innovating, to managing projects effectively, to working in hybrid teams. For details on how to grow your catalog with courses from a true global leader in management training, visit leadinglearning.com AMA. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 95 of the Leading Learning Podcast. In this episode, we talk with Latrice Garrison, Executive Vice President of the Education Division at the American Chemical Society. Before we turn to the interview with Latrice, though, we want to thank your membership, the podcast sponsor for the third quarter of 2017. Your membership's learning management system is specifically designed for professional education with a highly flexible and intuitive system that customizes the learning experience. Your membership's LMS integrates with key systems to manage all of your content formats in one central location while providing powerful tools to create and deliver assessments, evaluations, and learning communities. You can find out more about your membership at yourmembership.com. For the resource for this episode, we're going to draw on something that Latrice mentions in her interview, namely Adventures in Chemistry, which is an initiative from the American Chemical Society. If you have kids in your life, kids of your own, nieces, nephews, uh, kids of friends, then Adventures in Chemistry will be a fun site to visit. It helps um, explain to kids some of the core concepts of um, chemistry, but I also think that it's interesting to look at this as a a different type of learning initiative, one that's a little bit different than what a lot of the trade and professional associations we see uh, are putting out there, but one that I think has potential for a lot of other trade and professional associations, that idea of kind of building um, more knowledge, more familiarity with the profession or the field or the industry that you serve. I think that's a really interesting initiative. ACS is is always up to interesting things in my experience, and Latrice, of course, is a, a driver behind that. I always enjoy talking with her. I'm sure you enjoy talking with her. So what, what did you cover in this interview? Well, we covered a range of things. I think one thing that I'll note is that you know she serves as the executive vice president of the education division at ACS, as you mentioned, Jeff, but that means that she oversees both professional education and also the education division. So both um, the learning that they're putting out there to support um, educators in teaching chemistry, and then also what they're doing to support the professional development of chemists. So I think it's really nice to see, uh, get a look at an organization where it's managing sort of both that, both those um, types of education. Also, she's relatively new in the executive vice president role, but she's been at ACS for a long time. So it was interesting to talk with her about kind of um, her uh, development and her evolution that ultimately led to her um, serving as executive vice president. And then she's just, in general, a, a savvy observer of not only kind of the chemistry world, but just the, the learning and development world as well. And so talk to her as well about, um, you know, some of the 
current uh, struggles and opportunities that exist out there for organizations that are in uh, the lifelong learning business. Well, Latrice is always very thoughtful, always has uh, a great perspective to listen to. So I'm looking forward to this interview. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and roll it for our listeners. Hello out there. I'm Salisa Steele, and this is the Leading Learning Podcast. And today I'm joined by Latrice Garrison. Latrice is the Executive Vice President of the Education Division at the American Chemical Society. And as such, she's responsible for professional development and education there. Latrice, thanks for taking time for the Leading Learning Podcast. Thank you, Salisa. I'm happy to be here. And so since I offered only a very brief introduction, would you start us off by saying a a bit more about the American Chemical Society and your role there? Sure. So the American Chemical Society is a nonprofit organization and the home for chemical scientists worldwide. We have 157,000 members. Our members are engaged in sharing scientific research, knowledge, educational opportunities. We have journals for our members. We also have technical divisions that our members belong to. The technical divisions are from varying um Specialty areas within chemistry. We also have ACS local sections, which are in comparison to ACS local chapters. We have student chapters. We have international chemical sciences chapters, as well as international student chapters. So we are a growing and thriving organization who seeks to be the professional home for all chemical scientists. Here at ACS for myself, I'm heading up the education division, as you mentioned, We focus on learning from K to grade is is what we call it. Um, We have programs, products, and services to meet the needs of all individuals who are either interested in chemistry or already working in the chemistry sector. We do provide professional development for faculty, for teachers, and also for um, industrial employees as well. We do a lot of outreach. So we do visit local schools and we provide hands-on activities to help students to become interested in chemistry or other STEM fields. We do try to partner with major organizations who also offer hands-on activities for students to ensure that we're looking at chemistry from a multidisciplinary aspect. Well, wow. So it sounds like you've got a big group of learners that you're trying to serve. (laughs) Yes. And so I know that at the time that you took over as executive vice president of the education division at ACS, there was also a little bit of a reorganization and and the professional Mm -hmm. education group merged with the education division. And Mm -hmm. I was hoping to get you to talk a little bit about what drove that decision to merge PD with, with education. Okay, excellent. Yes. So many years ago, the professional education group was actually housed in the education division. Mm. So when I started working here in 92, that that was the home for the pro-ed group. It contained offerings um, related to short courses. There was a continuing education group. And then that eventually rolled up into the professional education group. So technically, pro-ed has come back home. Okay. (laughs) When you look at the current landscape of the education division, Because we have many programs that actually promote the concept of continuous learning um, as well as continuing education, it really makes for a perfect home for the pro-ed group. When I think about the faculty development offerings that we have as well as the teacher training and other things that assist educators with developing and growing their skills in the teaching and learning space, I really feel that the pro-ed group is now going to be a more valuable asset to ACS by being positioned within the education division. I think also when you think about the pro 
co-ed group, um, because the courses mainly are here to help our industrial chemists to build upon their skill sets in specific areas, we now are covering the broad spectrum of chemical scientists, regardless of where they work within the industry. And additionally, um, the staff within the education division, many of them have expertise in the area of teaching and learning styles. So this has given me a great opportunity to combine those expertises with with those from the pro-ed group. And then we can also look at curriculum development, look at different pedagogies to really ensure that we're meeting the needs of our constituents. Okay. So to get back to that, you have all those wide range of learners to serve. So by kind of reuniting education and and pro-ed, you you have um, more resources to draw on to serve those learners. Exactly, exactly. And so, uh, you know, I know that being executive vice president um, is a relatively new role for you, but as you mentioned, you've been at ACS for for a long time, since Mm -hmm. at least 92. Um, Right. But it's, you know, it's my sense that a lot of folks that um, wind up working in education and professional development don't necessarily have a background in um, education or professional development. And so mm-hmm. I'm just curious, is that true for you? And maybe more broadly, can you tell us just kind of about your evolution at ACS and how and why you gravitated towards education and, and pro-ed? Yes, that is that is actually very true um, of myself. So it'll be a 25-year celebration for me in June. So wow. it's ironic that you're you know, <laughs> asking this question. But my journey at ACS started what I consider to be very uniquely when I think about other people who work here. Um, I actually came to ACS, as I mentioned, in June of 92 as a summer intern. Ah. I was an undergraduate chemistry major at Howard University here in D.C., and that summer I came to work for Chemical and Engineering News, which is the flagship magazine of the society. So while my intention was only to stay at ACS for that summer, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and things changed, um, they did ask me would I be willing to stay on as a part-time employee. So I was thinking, man, benefits and in college, that was a great deal. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I did stay on as a part-time employee, still working for the magazine um, writing obituaries, believe it or not, of chemical scientists. (laughs) But then on the flip side, I was writing um, award citations. So ACS gives out a lot of national awards to chemists across the world. So I was privileged to be able to write about chemists whom I read about, heard about, but had never met. So that was very exciting for me. But, you know, along the way, what I found and as I reflect is that there's always been a common thread throughout my tenure here at ACS and always has come back to my passion for learning and ensuring that others are learning, growing, and developing. So actually, when I was working in chemical engineering news, I think probably after the first six to nine months, you know, I realized that my training that I was getting as an undergrad, as a chemistry major, was not necessarily matching with what one needed in the publication industry. So I took time out to start learning about the publication industry. I actually took some editing courses on the side to uh, to ensure that I would be of more value and an asset to the magazine moving forward so that I could bring together the chemistry skills as well as the editing skills to continue to develop in that space. But then I continued to hone um, and develop other new skills along the way. Um, and after graduation, I actually my next job at ACS was in the education division. So mm-hmm. I've come back home. <laughs> um And I worked in the education division for about 10 years, and there is where I truly developed the passion for developing others. Um, Within that space, I was working a lot with undergraduate students, and given at the time I wasn't too far from them from an age perspective as well as being out recently um, out of school, I was able to connect with them, but I was also given the opportunity to really work with them on how to jumpstart their career. 
And so actually, there was a workshop that I used to run related specifically to that, really helping the students to think about, you know, what soft skills do you need? What are some available career choices? Um, I would manage panels associated with alternative careers in chemistry, help them with their research and presenting research at ACS national and regional meetings, and really helping them to learn more about what they could do with their chemistry degree. So all of that to me is a part of learning and helping an individual to grow. While it's not always as prescriptive as classroom training, to me it's more on the experiential side. How do you what it is that you know. So, you know, my passion for that just continued to develop over time. Um, Then I moved from the education division into the membership and scientific advancement division, which is where I think I first met you and Jeff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, within that space, I had the opportunity then to start helping our adult volunteer leaders to learn more about what it means to be a leader in the volunteer space as well as in their professional space. So I was actively engaged engaged in the developing and the facilitation of our volunteer leader training, um, specifically helping our local chapter leaders to learn how to manage a chapter, even looking at their finances, things that each officer should be doing. Also helping with our technical divisions, um, those officers as well, because as I'm sure you can imagine, most chemists don't receive that type of training <laughs> when they're going through their undergraduate or their master's or their PhD program. So there was a great opportunity to really help this group to, to understand what it means to develop those soft skills, to help them to understand what it means to be a leader in a volunteer capacity. And for them to recognize that those skills are transferable and that they can then use them in their professional life as well. So then, um, you know, heading up the professional education group while I was in membership became the next the next step for me. So it really has, it's all evolved over time, if you will. <laughs> so, you know, learning and helping others has just been something that I've been constantly engaged in since I've been here at ACS. Yeah, well, it's really interesting to think about your trajectory, you know, just I'm thinking in terms of what is the norm or very common these days is, you know, for someone to switch jobs so often. And you've certainly had different roles within ACS, but you've also been there for a quarter of a century now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much all of my adult life. <laughs> yeah. So you're a little bit of an outlier there, I think. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I'm going to do something that might surprise some of our regular listeners. And I want to go ahead and ask about your approach to your own lifelong learning. That's usually one of our last questions, but you know, it okay. seems to relate so directly to what you were just talking about in terms of your evolving role at ACS. Um, So talk a little bit about how you approach your own lifelong learning. Gotcha. So pretty much, Salisa, for me, you know, learning never stops. It's actually a great way for me to keep things fresh and exciting. And when you are in an organization for as long as I've been here, you do naturally, at least for me, you naturally seek out opportunities to learn about something new, to learn how to do things differently. You really start to think of creative and innovative ways to get your job done. And that allows me to stay excited about what I do and to stay engaged in what I do while I continue to service um, chemical scientists. But, you know, learning about new things both professionally and personally is very important to me. I typically approach any learning opportunity with an open mindset. And I kind of have a rule of thumb that, you know, if I'm going to be engaged in some type of learning opportunity, what two things at, at a minimum can I take away from that that I can either implement 
or share with others. So there have been many occasions where I've been able to take concepts or thoughts from some learning opportunities to make sure I apply them. And I remember from attending um, the first leading learning symposium that you all had when the gentleman talked about having his Thanksgiving table, if you will, full of ideas. So, you know, I've kind of taken that concept here in terms of strategic planning and I keep a folder now on my computer. When I get new ideas from staff throughout the year, I kind of file them away and then I take a look at them as I get close to the the budgeting cycle to figure out what do we want to pursue in the upcoming year. Gotcha. So, you know, having the basic framework around realizing that I need to take something away from every learning opportunity is great for me. Um, Then I look at organizations such as the American Association for Association Executives. The way in which they are dedicated to the learning and the growth of association professionals is just really profound to me. Um, Being able to participate in their activities, whether they be face-to-face or online, is actually a perfect way for me to stay up to date on the latest trends and practices in association management. Um, And then, you know, basic conferences and webinars and blogs. I really look for things that are not necessarily time-consuming, but things that fit within my time frame <laughs> as a working mom and as a wife is just important for me to have some flexibility in terms of when I'm able to get my learning in. So I really do appreciate organizations and groups that offer that flexibility for learning. So it, it never stops. I think if I were to stop attempting to learn and to engage in new ways that I would become bored very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's certainly how I feel as well. And I like that you give yourself sort of that um, accountability of, of walking away with at least you know two things to implement mm-hmm. or to share. So that's a nice way of making sure you're really tuned in and thinking about the application of what you're hearing to what you're doing. Exactly, exactly. And, and so let's talk a little bit about um, what role learning plays in the life of, of ACS and in its overarching strategy. You know, mm-hmm. how important is learning to what ACS does? It's, it's, it's actually pretty critical. Um, when you look at the core values of ACS and where we are, we do have four core values, but one of them in particular speaks to the passion for chemistry in the global chemistry enterprise. Um, looking more in depth at that core value, you'll see that it includes supporting investments in education, training, entrepreneurship, research, and innovation. So clearly education and training are the first two things that stand out in our core value, which, which is a clear indication of how important education and learning is to the society. But then also our strategic plan is comprised of four goals. And two of those goals have components that directly are directly related to education, training, and learning. Um, the second one, we really phrase it as empowering members in our member communities. But what we want to do there is that we're providing access to opportunities, resources, skills, training, and networks to empower our members to thrive in a global economy. So there we specifically are looking at the things that we do through our career services group in terms of training, also through our professional education group in terms of training and education. And then our third goal specifically states to support excellence in education. So we do this by fostering the development of innovative, relevant, and effective chemistry and chemistry-related education. We are very much in tune to ensuring that chemistry is taught in a manner that everyone can learn, that the research involved with chemical education is prevalent, is at the forefront of what we do, and that we're thinking from a research-based perspective in terms of how students should learn chemistry. So it's, it's not just, you know... the 
the typical learning that some organizations may think about, but we really take it, as I said earlier, from the K to grade, really thinking about the traditional classroom as well as outside of the traditional classroom to ensure that we're spreading the positive message of chemistry. So ACS as a whole, the organization does recognize the importance of education and training. And I think by the fear, the, the sheer fact that we actually have a division with the title of the education division really emphasizes how much we do value education and learning. Well, yeah, and I would think that that clear um, role that that learning and education plays, you know, right there in in your core values, in your goals, and as you said, just in the fact that there's an education division, I would think all of that really helps you um, get the buy-in and support behind the the work that you and and those in the division do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, you know, let's talk a little bit about what you see as as major opportunities and maybe also threats for the mm-hmm. American Chemical Society and, and maybe even uh, maybe some of this would be applicable to other associations as, as well. But I'm thinking about opportunities and threats in particular as a provider of learning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that we have a careful watch over um, is how is the chemical industry responding to training for their employees? So our professional education group, you know, really our target audience was industrial employees. But as we're seeing new instrumentation coming out, new ways of doing certain research or new techniques within the laboratories, there are other agencies and other groups that are providing that training. So, of course, there's some competition that we're trying to not necessarily compete with, but we're just trying to watch what they're doing and to really figure out what now is is the right positioning for ACS in terms of training. You know, is it on the soft skills side and less on the technical side? So that's the one question that we're grappling with that I'm hoping we can find some answers to you know, within the next year or so, because I think it's going to be critical for us in terms of setting our strategy going forward as to what type of learning ACS should offer in that professional education space. But then the other opportunity that kind of correlates directly to that is that we are in a unique position in order to help the chemical industry with identifying talent gaps with their new hires. Mm. So, you know, similar to how I've, you know, I kind of found out in talking to others when I first started at ACS, there were things that I needed as an employee of ACS that I would never have gotten as an undergraduate chemistry student. So I knew where the talent gap was for myself, which led me to go on to get my MBA. But a lot of people may not have the opportunity, the mentor, or the type of experience to allow them to see exactly what it is that they're missing when they go into the workplace. So we have um, a committee, fortunately, in ACS. It's called the Committee on Corporation Associates. We also have a graduate education advisory board. So working with those groups, we're hoping to be able to better identify, you know, what are some of the gaps that employers are seeing and how can ACS help to fill those gaps through its learning programs? You know, do we need to develop more soft skills training? Do we need to look at business skills, um, management training, other things of that nature to allow a chemical scientist to present themselves as a diverse employee and as a forward-thinking employee? That's a great opportunity for ACS. And I think that's that would position us as being a leader in terms of providing soft skills for chemists. And then the other opportunity that we have is really looking at chemical safety. So this is a space um, that's probably unique to most organizations within the STEM fields in terms of ensuring that everyone is practicing safe laboratory practices within the science space. So we're looking now more at training in terms of chemical safety. And this this is training that we can provide worldwide. Because, you know, if you follow the news, there are 
unfortunately, sometimes accidents that happen or safe practices that aren't being um, carried out as they should be. And so we as an organization have a great opportunity, I think, to affect change there. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how can we drive that forward and allow that to be a new opportunity for ACS in terms of the learning space. And then the other, the other piece here, when I think about... Um, ACS helping to develop the future workforce is that we're really looking more at two-year colleges and how they're becoming the pipeline for highly skilled employees. We recently, actually last week, hosted a panel um, on Capitol Hill where we did have two-year college professors and leaders to come, and they were on the panel with some um, prominent industrial companies talking about their partnerships and how the industrial companies are able to partner directly with specific two-year colleges in their community to ensure that they were getting the talent pool that they need. So I think we can really help to form those partnerships, those collaborations, and again, to fill the gaps in terms of training that may be missing that the um, industry is expecting from those two-year college students. So again, I think that's a growth opportunity for ACS. It's changing somewhat of the path that we've been on in the future, but I think it's speaking to a direct need that's out there in the chemical industry. Well, I, I think that talent gap and then also looking where there's already coverage where you're sort of saying with the, the employees and maybe they're already being sort of served through um, other avenues, I think it's it's a really nice way of sort of looking at yeah, what are the opportunities um, to, to differentiate from what's already out there? Where can you really add value? So I think mm-hmm. that does sound exciting. Yes. Um, you know, and, and so... A question I have for you is just about, you know, where do you see organizations or or even individual leaders um, struggling the most in in the current learning landscape? Um, uh, You know, I'm I'm thinking in part of what you were just saying in that last answer, you know, that it seems like a lot is changing in terms Mm -hmm. of um, uh, the landscape. And so just, you know, how do you see that impacting organizations and the leaders that are, are working in learning? Yeah, so I think when when I really think about that question, um, some of it comes down to ensuring that you have global-minded and global-ready staff, if you will, that are really looking for those learning opportunities. Um, I know for for me specifically and for many members on, on my staff, trying to figure out how do we expand what we're currently offering to the to the larger audience. So, you know, our footprint in the U.S. has been very stable Um over the years since ACS has been in existence. But what we really haven't done is to take a inventory as to how we can transfer many of those learning opportunities over to our global audience. So that's something that we're specifically struggling with now because as the world expands and evolves, people are very transient. There are people who are going to go and work overseas or people are going to come here to work. And so we want to make sure that everyone is trained in the same mindset on the same playing field in terms of their knowledge base and their skill set. So that's something that that we're struggling with now is how do we introduce um, our partners and, and other chemists into what it is that ACS offers from a learning perspective. And I would venture to say that many organizations now, especially as they try to grow their membership, that they're going to be dealing with, you know, the what is the impact of being a more global organization and how do you address that and how do you move forward, but yet not lose your footprint with your domestic audience base. Yeah, so the expanding potential of, of uh, all that uh, technology makes possible to reach the, the global audience. Right, right. So, you know, next to last question is, um, you know, what what's going on in learning these days that really excites you? And maybe this is some initiative going on at ACS, or maybe it's a 
trend or, or a development more broadly that, that excites you. But, uh-huh. um, but what, 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 what new things happening in learning that, that you're jazzed about? So I think for me, um, because I just came into this position where I can pretty much focus 100% on the whole learning concept and not being stretched as I was previously in other positions, that itself is exciting me because it's giving me the opportunity right now to kind of set a new strategy, a new path forward for the division as a whole. But, you know, as I look at the educators who currently experience our training as well as the industrial chemists who come to us to build their, to build their skill set. I'm really pleased with the services that we're able to provide. Watching the expressions on the faces of the individuals who participate in a lot of our learning opportunities is very rewarding, especially when we have teachers who are teaching in grades K to 12 and they participate in a faculty development or teacher training type of activity. And they start to reflect on how great how much greater their students are going to benefit from what it is that they've learned. So that resonates with me in that we're not only impacting the people that we're teaching, but we're also impacting the people that they're teaching. So there's a a great snowball effect, if you will, in terms of how the training that we're providing is growing and it's really more far reaching than what we anticipated it would be. So our audience is sometimes much greater than I think what we ever have imagined it being because what we're sharing is also being been shared out to another population, which is just fantastic for us. And then when I think about um, some of the programs that we have that allow us to provide funding and training to a chemist who may want to make that um, transition into a new career. You know, we look at the chemical industry these days. There are a lot of people who are um, either being laid off, their jobs are being eliminated, they may have to retire early for various reasons. But we offer them, you know, through the ACS HOC program, the ability for them to receive a grant and training to transition into a chemical education type of career. And the benefits that come along with that are are just fantastic. I mean, you're getting someone who's worked in chemical industry, who's had the exposure to the latest and greatest technologies and instrumentation, and now they're coming into the classroom. We've trained them how to come and communicate the skills that they have, the science that they've learned, but in a classroom setting. So they're they're able to give the students real life experiences of what it means to be an industrial chemist and hopefully are opening their eyes to all the great things that chemistry can do. So this really does, it excites us because it, we know that we're helping that individual to meet a goal, typically to stay employed, <laughs> but but they're also able to follow their passion because quite often you, you'll find that there's some um, industrial chemists who may have started out wanting to be a teacher or something along those lines, but then they chose to go into industry. So we're really helping them to come back and to build up on passions that they've had. So really, it's just, it's really exciting to me to think about the training that we provide, whether it be on the teacher side or the professional training side. Both of those really help us to see the the opportunities that are out there and how we're helping people to advance in their career. So that's just, that's just really exciting to me, you know, to see people to advance and be able to share the love of the science. Well, that's great, and I like that uh, the the snowball effect that you're mm-hmm. impacting people who in turn impact other people and share the learning. Mm-hmm. So, last question: if if listeners want to know more about the American Chemical Society, or um, if if you're open to it, if they want to connect with you, where where would you have them go? Sure. So they can always email me at lgarrison at acs.org. So that's just the letter L, my last name, G-A-R-R-I-S-O-N at acs.org. And visit our website, acs.org, and you can find everything about all the learning that we provide. Um, 
if you have children and you want to expose them to chemistry, I do encourage you to go to our Adventures in Chemistry site. And there are some cool activities there for hands-on science. So there's a great opportunity for your kids to learn at home under your supervision, of course, (laughs) (laughs) and maintaining all safe practices. But our our learning here, it doesn't stop. It truly is K to gray. And, you know, we have opportunities for even our retired chemists who want to go back into the classroom and serve as a science coach or to be a mentor to teachers. So it's just, it's an active part of what we do. And I do welcome the opportunity to speak with anyone who's interested. Well, Latrice, thank you so much for making time for this conversation. Thank you, Salisa. That wraps up our interview with Latrice Garrison. As we're exiting, we want to say thanks once again to your membership. You can find out more about your membership and all it offers at yourmembership.com. To get show notes for this episode, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 95. There will be a link there to that Adventures in Chemistry site that I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode. And in the show notes, you will also see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you haven't yet subscribed and you are getting value out of what you hear, we would be grateful if you would subscribe. We'd also be truly grateful if you'd take a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. All you have to do is go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. That'll get you to right where you need to be. And we'd really appreciate it. It helps others to find us. And of course, it helps us know that you're getting value out of the podcast and that we're on the right track. We also hope that you will consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share, or if tweeting isn't your thing or you want to spread the good word uh, using your own terms, then just pick your social network, pick your description, and spread the good word that way. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.